Welcome to Time to Adapt, where we break down movies and the books behind them. I'm Selena, and with me as always is Mac. Hi. <laughs> Could you have said that in a more awkward way? <laughs> no, not really. I really couldn't have. I loved the pause, just like, hi. <laughs> Am yeah. I allowed to say hi? It's been, it's been, I got off of like this eight day work streak had one day off and I'm in the midst of another five day work streak. So I'm kind of like all over the place right now. Adulting sucks. (laughs) It's a lie. People, listeners don't, don't give into it. Just be a kid for the rest of your life. But money. (laughs) That's true. Money. Money is nice. Yeah. So what's new with you? Uh, my laptop died on me, which is very, very inconvenient. It, how did it just I, like no i i was just trying to like pack up all my stuff this morning i was like this is the day where i'm turning my shit around and then i pick up my water bottle and the lid on top of it was not as screwed on tight as i thought it was and water spilled everywhere and it spilled on my laptop and my external hard drive and it's built on like a background for the stop motion piece I'm working on. And I wanted to cry, but I didn't. I pulled my shit together and tried to dry everything off. And thankfully, my heart, my external hard drive is saved. Everything's backed up on it. But my laptop just won't turn on. And I'm just like, I need that. But other than that, I'm doing all right. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's been it's been a day. Damn, that's it's been a like, that shit sucks, dude. It's wow. been a rough week and my the, god. At least today has been better after that. So I well, hit the low great. at the beginning just to get that out of the way. But. That is great. <laughs> that is great. Anyways, that yeah. is great. Yes, this is since NPR. we're both at a high, we decided that we would delve into something that would also bring up our spirits. So <laughs> we we're going to be talking about haunting of Hill house because why not dive into spookiness a bit early? And then also <clears throat> we'll talk about the 2018 yeah, mini series. Yeah. It, no, it came out in 2019, 2018, 2018, 2018. Yeah. Yep. October 12th was a delight. It made me cry. <laughs> I'm being Delightful. It's super sad <laughs> it's and so depressing, sad. We'll but talk it's really about good that later. Um, but yeah, I'm actually super, I was super excited to read haunting of Hill house. Cause af- ever since, well, I'll kind of just talk about how I got into the story and then we'll, t- we'll kind of talk about the book because if my way into it was through the mini series on Netflix and I was just like, holy shit, this stuff is so good. And after reading the book, like there's still a lot of elements that are very similar, but it, it kind of just, I didn't realize going into it that the book is very much like a classic Gothic horror. Yeah. And Ooh, we, it was fun. It was there. Yeah. I really enjoyed this read. This is probably one of my up there with the top favorite reads that we've done with the show. Great. So I enjoyed it, too. Um, It definitely it's not your typical haunted house movie. There aren't like skeletons jumping out of the closets. There's no like real ghosts that run around to go. It's (laughs) yeah, that's how ghosts go. There was one in my closet when I was a kid and I remember it would come out and go. And then I'd wake up and realize it was just a dream. But anyway, yeah, it's like. (laughs) It's different in that 
it's it's never exactly you're never exactly sure if the place is actually haunted or if it's all just going on inside the heads of the characters. And th- I find that to be truly um it it's make it makes it a lot more shocking, I think. Cuz it's it came out in like what 1956 and it's uh 15 uh 59 I believe. 59? Yeah, it came out in 59. 1959, I stand corrected. And for it to come out and like almost immediately got all this praise and within like five years, there was a film adaptation done by one of the biggest directors in the business at that time. It was just fascinating. Mm -hmm. And then how it's, how it's seeped into the pop culture, how it's can be, it's considered one of the best Gothic horror tales out there. And for the 20th century, for the 20th century. Yeah. But I think you might find this funny. I first heard about the haunting of Hill house because of scary movie Two. <laughs> that's a good that's a good way in i guess <laughs> i know that, that was like one of the first r-rated films i ever watched it was like there was sleepy hollow terminator 2 and scary movie 2 those are good starts my first like r-rated film well it was not rated was epic movie but that was by a mistake Ugh, that's, I, <laughs> I was i remember renting I was that seven and my friend and i we were looking at the back of it because we stole it from her brother who had rented it from like the library and we were looking at it and I was like, not rated. That must mean it's below G, that it's fine. That's perfectly, <laughs> that it's perfectly innocent. <laughs> so we proceed to watch this movie. Oh, Jesus. And I instantly am like, oh, fuck. My mom is going to kill me if she realizes I watched this film. So, yeah, that was <laughs> that was a very shocking way to realize that not rated means that it's not for kids <laughs> yeah i remember i watched i saw um terminator 2 for the first time my dad walked in on me watching the end he's like did you just watch this whole thing in his typical like his tone where i'm like oh god is he gonna be mad at me and but yeah he goes it was pretty good wasn't it like, yeah it was great he's like, yeah it was good anyway off topic anyways back well so yeah so yeah. <laughs> um weirdly enough the like scary movie 2 one of the main plot points, it's them spoofing the 1999 haunting film, which is god awful. And we're going to get into it later on. So, yeah, let me kind of give you guys like a quick overview summary of what the book is about, because it's very different than the show. And we'll kind of go into that later. But the story follows four characters Dr. John Montague, he's an investigator of the supernatural. And Eleanor Vance, who is a very shy, anxious uh, young woman who resents like living, having lived as a recluse, caring for her like demanding disabled mother who is now deceased. And then Theodora, who's like a flamboyant bohemian like personality. And then Luke Sanderson, who is the young heir to Hell House and is essentially kind of like hosting them. So the story begins with Dr. Montague and he hopes to find like signet like scientific evidence that there is like an exi- like supernatural beings out there. So he rents Hill House for the summer and he invites these guests over because he thinks that he chose he's chosen them for their like experiences with paranormal. So Eleanor 
and Theodore accept. And Eleanor travels to the house, and then she and Theodora kind of become friends, and they meet with Mr. and Miss Dudley, who refuse to stay near the house at night. They're the caretakers, and they're very... They're not warm people. No. No, they are not. (laughs) And so kind of as the story goes on, the strange things start to happen at night. And as it goes on in the book, it's kind of, it's all from Eleanor's perspective. So as the story kind of unfolds, you're kind of led to believe that at first there are these paranormal activities that are happening, but then as each night passes, you can see Eleanor kind of unravel and, by the end of the book, you're kind of left with, well, was it all in Eleanor's head? Was she just going, having a, like a mental break or was there more to, was there more to it? And it really becomes about her feeling like she has finally found a place to belong. And it's at this house with these people. And it's super important that it's this house and these people and, her focus becomes about the house and the, the book kind of ends spoiler with um, her acting very out of character and kind of a little unhinged. And so Dr. Montague and the others send her off and the book essentially ends with her driving off and hitting a tree at the edge of the property. So you don't know if she dies or survives and if she's stuck with the house forever or if she lives on. So yeah. it's 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 definitely like other graphic, not, not graphic, sorry, gothic <laughs> <laughs> novels. It's very much like it's focused on terror rather than horror, the psychological rather than the actual paranormal. Yeah. So, yeah, that was, that's a quick little summary about it. <laughs> Yeah, and um, after the film, after the film, damn it, after the book became such a huge success, we're almost, just super psyched to talk we're about the super the psyched films, people to talk super. about the films because they were an experience. They were. Um, did you get a chance to watch the sixty-three version? I saw some clips of it. Um, I try to squeeze in as much as I could. Yeah, that's fair. Um, it's yeah. I have some things to say about it too, but yes. yeah. So as soon as the book was optioned, the one of of many, many other filmmakers were kind of interested in doing it. But the one who ended up getting it was Robert Weiss. Robert Weiss is best known for directing West Side Story, The Sound of Music and Star Trek The Motion Picture, (laughs) the one that everyone hates. I did not know about the Star Trek. That's a little. <laughs> yeah, That's my a dad. Little my, my dad has a great story of going to see it opening day, opening day and being like, "Yo, that sucked." But anyway, off topic, as we tend to be. So, Robert Weiss had just made West Side Story. It had won like ten Academy Awards. He was in the top of his game, and he could do whatever the hell he wanted. In post production for West Side Story, he ended up just he ended up finding a copy of The Haunting of Hill House, and he read it, and he's like, oh, this is terrifying. I want to make this my next project. And immediately the 
um, the company was like, okay, sure, why not? So, sorry, I got to get some water in there. What makes, much like in the book, probably this one is the most faithful version to like. Oh, yeah, for sure. Page for page of the book. Because basically what happens in the book happens in the movie. And you're still not exactly sure. It's more hinted at that something's going on in the house. But for the most part, you're led to believe that it, it, she called, she could have also, she could also have been going, going crazy, you know? Yeah. And that's kind of the main thing that's in the book, which I did appreciate from like what I saw of the, of the, um, nine, uh, 1963 adaptation is that one is very faithful, but it's faithful to the point where it's like, you don't know if it is for real or if it's all in her head. Yeah. And like one of the things that's really unique about it is normally. So when they built the sets for the, for the film, normally in the old days and to, at some points in the modern day, when they make, when they build sets, they never build ceilings because the ceilings are for lights. So they can like shoot down on people with this one. They built ceilings onto the sets as a way to help kind of gather more of a claustrophobic feel to it, as well as completely light up the scenes. So like in the movie, there, there's no like really dark places. It's, it's all brightly lit and you can see everything in it. And that's sort of a, uh, a bit of a, like, Oh gosh, it's a, uh, it's unique and different from, mm-hmm. from the time because at the time, you know, everyone was doing like the whole like kind of German expressionist thing. And they were kind of going against that. And on top of that, they did a whole bunch of camera tricks, everything there, there are, there are barely any special effects in the movie. It's all camera tricks. So they used a 30 millimeter anamorphic wide angle lens, Panavision camera, and it kept, it caused these distortions during the filming, which kind of added to the, to making it, Added, added to the film and he had these whole sequences that would keep the camera moving with low angle takes and unusual pans and tracking shots and all of this kind of helped add a sense of voyeurism to it and it just adds I think it adds so much um, mm-hmm. as the film <clears throat> when it came out it actually got very lukewarm reception uh, the consensus generally being that it was like a stylish film, but had a lot of flaws in the plot and lacked excitement. Um, oddly enough, critic Pauline Kale, who used to be one like the one of the big heads of it, called called the film moderately elegant and literate and expensive, <laughs> and thought that the actor Russ Tamblin, whom most of you know as he was in West Side Story and he was Doctor Jacoby in Twin Peaks, so who was he in West Side? Right now I'm blanking. Oh Christ, I can't remember. Um, it was one of the. He was one of them boys. One of them boys. He's one of them sharks. Okay, that's all I remember. <laughs> um, I was like, yeah. "There's a lot of them boys in it," but okay, there are a lot of them boys. <laughs> um, but the film was a lot of. It came out around the same time of, as Alfred Hitchcock's The Birds, so a lot of people kind of. Um, Balance the two of them because like the oh two like compare the two compare god damn, why can't I think of words today words are hard <laughs> compare I'm like this is the, the fifth time today I've been trying to think of the word compared and couldn't think of it so I'm like uh 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 
dude, I've had, I have that all the time. Yeah. Where I'm just like, I, I can see it. I can picture what I want to say, but I can't make my brain and my mouth say the word. It's a struggle. <laughs> it is a struggle. Yeah. So, but I, but finding out, like, as I kind of read into the first, this first adaptation later on, that's kind of when this, the following really built around it, like a cult classic, essentially, yeah. where like Scorsese placed it on his, it's like, his, it's his favorite horror film. Yeah. yeah. On like his like 11 scariest or films st- that he's ever made. And yeah. so it definitely at first, when it first came out, as Mac was saying, yeah, kind of, it came out during the birds. So there was a lot of it, it, competition essentially. And kind of lukewarm. Not not everyone really knew what they thought of it. But yeah, as the years have gone on, the film has really, yeah, has really gained a following with people. And I'd highly recommend it because I think it's one of the earliest um, horror films that really used atmos- atmosphere to its extent. Um, oh yeah, the the setting it, is beautiful. The setting is are- beautiful. The sound, the soundscapes are great because it's just you hear it just sounds like an old house and there's the wind and it just kind of adds a sense of dread to it. Like if you're watching it alone in a theater, it's you feel like you are there, you are among them and you're watching everything. And it is chilling, mm-hmm. to put it mildly, which is rare. Not like I, I don't really get scared by movies made like after 1974, but this one gets under my skin. Like even it's very unnerving. It, like yes. from what I've seen, it's very unnerving. Yes. But quite so. then comes the 1999 adaptation, which, Oh, oh boy. boy. <laughs> first of all, Owen Wilson, wow. why was he cast? And first of all, he says, wow, three times in like one w- sentence in like, Oh yeah. In like a sentence or like his set of lines in one scene. And yeah, it's our ghost here. Wow. 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 It's everything else what is have we become? all right casting. Like the 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 woman from Conjuring, the first one, she yes. plays Eleanor, which is a perfect casting in Yeah, my she's mind. great in that, yeah. And just and then Liam Neeson is Dr. Montague and He's uh, just he's just phoning it in. Uh, yeah. What's he doing there? Liam, what were you doing, buddy? Essentially, just it took you like what nine years to do the <laughs> movies where you like you started hunting down your hunting down your daughter. So well, no, not hunting down his daughter, have saving you, his daughter. Have you not seen Taken? Jesus Christ, an American classic, <laughs> <laughs> an American classic that takes place in Europe and directed shush, by a French director. Shush, Mac. Shush with your facts. <laughs> Foxes care more than your feelings. <laughs> I'm terrible. Uh, yeah, it's a hot mess. It is to be put. Oh god, it's so terrible. It's it's. And so I remember, bad. I remember seeing the tr- the uh, the poster for it growing up, and thinking, oh, that looks really scary. I want to watch that. And then remember watching it like on TV in like 2004, and thinking, oh god, this sucks. And then you and I, we, we, we did it. We sat down. Normally, okay. So folks, <laughs> normally what we do is. We'll sit down and watch at least one adaptation together to sort of like compare and contrast notes and just how we feel about the project. Normally, we try to watch the good ones. 
But the last couple of days, last couple of episodes, we've been watching the bad ones. It's really taking a toll on my soul. And to be <laughs> fair, it was free on Tubi, so it's oh, not yeah. like we didn't have we had to rent it. So I didn't have to spend money on the 1999 haunting film. <laughs> there are some what, what really makes me mad about that adaptation, though, is the amount of work that went into it. So it's directed by Jan de Bont, who is a very famous Dutch cinematographer. He's done a lot of great stuff. He also, when he started doing directing, he got one of his biggest hits was in 1996 when he directed the film Twister, which was in theaters when an F5 tornado ran through my hometown. So everybody in my hometown loves Twister. It's weird. Like you, you leave Wisconsin, nobody's heard of Twister. You stay in Wisconsin, it's like, oh my god, I love Twister. Anyway, <laughs> off topic again. <laughs> We're this was a that. project. This was a project that had been <clears throat> in development for quite a while. Wes Craven was developing a remake for a while too, but he had to drop out because he did Scream. So good for you. You made Scream. And as a matter of fact, an uncredited executive producer for this haunting film was. Steven Spielberg. And he talked to Stephen King about doing a haunted house movie. And they both agreed that the 1963 haunting was a benchmark, a cinematic house horror. But when they started writing, they had a lot of creative differences. Spielberg agreed with his, with King's idea to make the make to use the uh, real life Winchester mystery house as a source of inspiration. Do you know what that is? Yeah, I know about it. Yeah. It's uh to those who don't know, it's this like crazy house in San Francisco where the widow of the man who invented the Winchester rifle just kept building onto her house over like 20 years because she got, there's a lot of myth and mythology as to why, but one of the reasons is because <clears throat> a, I like a story that grew out of it was that because her husband created the Winchester rifle, like that she was building these rooms to kind of hide from the ghosts of the victims of the Winchester rifle. So yeah, it's, it's crazy. That's one of the main stories that I were told. Yeah. So that was the main source of inspiration, but Spielberg wanted the characters to be heroic and King wanted them to be terrified, which in fairness, that's exactly how Spielberg would act. And that's exactly how King would want the characters. And I, I side with King on this because that's, yeah essentially like that's not what happened in the book per se but we do have one character who's kind of going between extreme happiness like extreme joy and terror eleanor yeah because she doesn't really know what's going on that's quite true yeah so and it's i think it's more interesting exploring fear yeah. than heroism i mean that that's basically stephen king's most of his yeah, that's that's literally why I, I that's why I love his books. <laughs> yeah. So King instead wrote the teleplay for the miniseries Rose Red, which is very similar to Hill House. If you ever watch it, it's actually really an underappreciated work of his. I think it's really good. It's some of the effects haven't aged well, but it is very much similar, very similar to Shirley Jackson. In, in many ways, I see it as a love letter to Shirley Jackson. So. Mm. And with that. <clears throat> There was they had an Argentine production designer, Eugenio Zanetti. Uh, he designed the interiors and the sets were built in eight weeks with a team of more than 40 sculptors and 200 painters and 400 carpenters working in three shifts. It's 
a lot of work went into the the interiors of this film. The interiors and I can't, are beautiful. I cannot like as as awful as this movie is, I can't shit on it fully because they the so much beautiful work went into it. And it's always sucks when there's something that's like so much love went into everything around the product, but the product is still a turd. Yeah. Like I this the the sets, they're so stylized that one, like it's beautiful work and I appreciate it for the work that it is, but it's like if you saw like a gothic styled house, but then just like it's like a gothic style house on crack. It's like insane. Yeah. There's like, like spires the where there no need to be spires, baby's faces everywhere. And like Remember the CGI with, baby faces. Yeah. Like Ugh. the CGI is terrible, but like the baby faces make sense, Eleanor. but it's very over the top, but yeah. it's good work, but it's very it's, good work, but it's not kind of quite, I, I I don't know. It's it's so over the top that it's not scary. It's just looks kind of tacky that's, in that's the context of the story. Yeah. Yeah. I was just like, so who needs curtains surrounding their bathroom? Like, <laughs> I mean, people who love their curtains, I guess it's yeah. just so tacky. So if you haven't figured it out, we don't like we it. don't like it. And <laughs> neither did most people when it came out. It was panned upon its release. Most critics citing the weak screenplay, overuse of cliches, and the overdone CGI. It has a 16% on Rotten Tomatoes right now. And it's just... God, it's awful. And it got nominated for five Razzie Awards. Oddly enough... for them! Yeah! (laughs) However, one person who didn't mind it and actually gave it a good review, Roger Ebert. But he's a weird man. Yeah, He's but I still I, opin- I, opinions. Yes, he does. I mean, doesn't don't most film critics? Yeah, like they're the ones who like they love what you love, and there's that one movie that you love and they hate. And you're like, what? The I feel like fuck they're like do? grumpy, like you know, like a critics very particular just... like grumpy cat. <laughs> like I feel like that's grumpy cat. Well, not the grumpy cat, but you know, just like rest a, in peace, a cat that is particularly just like just not happy all the time. I get I feel where you're like- coming from. Um, there was one reference that I heard once that really kind of blew me away. And it was that film critics are just people who are mad because they could never make a movie on their own. So they just judge Maybe. other films. <laughs> and I'm like, I know a lot of people who started off trying to make films and then became film critics. And I totally agree with that <laughs> sentiment. So anyway, Years went by, 19 years to be exact, and then came the 2018 miniseries The Haunting of Hill House, directed by Mike (laughs) Flanagan. Now, Mike Flanagan is probably the best director of horror working today. He's done Hush, Oculus. There was that Oculus. Uh, Gerald's Game. Yeah, Gerald's Game. And he's also directing the upcoming Doctor Sleep adaptation of Stephen King, which I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm like halfway through that book right now. It is fantastic. We're probably going to cover that someday soon because yeah. it is. Because Stephen King plus his son now keep Joe turn, Hill. I'm actually out stuff. Actually, you know what? I'm going to meet him next week. Um, he's coming to the uh, Boswell Book Company to do a, like a Q&A about his new series of short stories. It's on a Friday night. I'm going to go. You should go too. 
uh, I work Friday nights. I'm going to get my copy ah. of Hard Shape Box signed, so I'm excited. <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, Mike Flanagan is just one of the best, and he is he knows how he knows that horror films don't have to just be jump scare, jump scare, jump scare, or like spooky thing, spooky thing. He knows that if you care about the characters, even if you get really shitty cliches thrown at you, it's still scary because you you know the characters, you follow the characters, mm-hmm. and you want to see them through it. So the main thing that the Haunting of Hill House miniseries does that's different is that it completely changes the characters. Oh, yeah. It's it's totally the thing is, I love this show like it's but it's completely different than the book. Absolutely. There are the names of the characters. So Eleanor, Theodora and Luke and the book are totally different people. But in the show, they're siblings and they add two more siblings. Um, But one thing that the show does do is do a lot of callbacks to elements in the book to bring those up. So the gothic architecture, the gothic architecture, but then also relying on human emotions to make you on edge and it's yeah. all about the human story rather than the paranormal and the paranormal happens around that and it kind of just heightens up so essentially the show for anyone who hasn't watched it it's about it's human tragedy essentially yes. it's about a broken family coming together after being estranged for several years after the trauma that happened to them. It's children in the house. Essentially it's about childhood trauma and how that follows you into your adult life. Yes. And them confronting that surrounding the death of one of their siblings. Yes. And it all started at this house. And in one thing that's different than the book, than the film, besides the multitude of things is that the paranormal is actually like the house is haunted, is how is haunted. And, it is confirmed that it's haunted. Whereas in the book, it's like, you don't know a lot of spooky shit has happened at the house. A lot of death has happened at the house, but it's not confirmed that it's haunted. Yes. Um, but like there is, what was the scariest part for you? Cause my God, it's so much. Like for Um, me, I think it was the bent neck lady episodes, the bent neck lady episodes, episode five. I think that was, yeah, that was, I was literally, like I was both scared and in tears because it's just oh, it's so heartbreaking. Tr- it's heartbreaking. But also for me, it's um, I can't remember his name. He was the brother who was an alcohol alcoholic. Oh, Luke. Luke. Luke's episode. Luke's episode is very powerful. And there's the like the levitating guy with the cane just kind of going door to door. That fucked me up because like. Oh, the tall man. The tall man. Oh, yikes. Also, the last episode, like, I've never really seen a horror, something horror that's made me cry, you know? Yeah. Like, not because of fear or anything. Like, I got so scared I cried. No, it's like, I actually, I cried because I cared so much about the characters. And obviously, you could probably hear I really, we really love this adaptation, even though it's not a true adaptation. Yes. And I don't know. I really love the idea that ghosts are regrets and like dead wishes that follow you through life and kind of, and that's what makes you haunted is your past. And 
things in your past. And it's very true too. It's cause... cool. It's definitely, it's, it's a good watch for sure. It's beautifully shot. Like there's an episode six, I believe it is the storm, the two storms. Oh, um, they do a 17, 17 minute shot, which, Oh my God. It's <laughs> bless you. Yeah, so in episode six, I believe it's episode six. The two yeah, because episode five's when the 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 broken neck lady, uh, bent neck lady, bent neck lady, and then in the episode six is when it's like the reunion, and it takes place in the present and then in the past, both on two stormy nights, and they it comprises of like three long takes. Yes, and. One of them is like 17 minutes long and they built the set basically surrounding like this episode with this episode of mind. And and I believe they did the thing that um, oh God, a few other films have done it where they make the set so they can move. So that way, like the cameraman can kind of like get get like a get like a, a more outs, outsider shot than a closer shot all based around how they, it, well they kind of built it so they had would have hiding spots and pathways yes. for actors to move to different locations quickly um i and, have to say yeah. as someone who i have to say as someone who like i i love those kind of tracking shots and those like un, those uncut shots but like as a filmmaker that shit scares me to think about all the planning the ahead, the logistics. Oh, they shut they down production go, for nine months yeah, to rehearse. To, yeah, and that's like nine fucking months just to rehearse. 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 <laughs> just to rehearse a 17-minute shot in one freaking episode is just... Uh, but it's so well done. It's beautiful. People. So, like, I can't... This is I will, why I'm okay with people going off of off book when it comes to adaptations like they did they essentially they took some of the essentials of like gothic horror and then just reimagined it and then but i really did appreciate like watching it because i re-watched it this week because i was like why not be sad and (laughs) scared at the same time i like just watched (laughs) the first episode the middle episode and then a little bit of the last episode that was about it for me yeah but i've already seen it though so yeah but as i i was as i was saying just like i really did appreciate the little hints to the original material and um i read somewhere that the character's name um the character shirley was named after the author and that um Steve, I believe Steven Spielberg's uh, one of his production companies was involved or something like that. Amblin Entertainment. Probably. Yeah, they were. Um, yeah, they were involved. So um, the character Steve, he was named after him. Mm. And there were just like little nods to the original source material that I really appreciated. Like and on the, top of that, we're all like, <sighs> it's not just us people telling you that this is amazing. This is Many critics have already said that this is like probably one of the best shows Netflix has ever put out. Yeah, with all the shit that Netflix puts out, like this is a gem. <laughs> yeah. And like even Stephen King, who tweeted about it saying, I don't usually care for this kind of revisionism, but this is great. Close to a work of genius, really. I think Shirley Jackson would approve, but who knows for sure. Yeah. And it also got like a, um, it got like a five out of five from The Telegraph. 
It got uh, from IGN gave it a nine nine and a half out of ten, and it's it it, it truly. I don't think that television has really dived into the horror genre that much because it doesn't know what how to do it, how to do mm-hmm. it correctly. There's like some like kind of more like B slasher shows that are out there. Like I know like my brother likes watching those and I know there's a few on Netflix. And like, of course, everyone knows American Horror Story, which American started, Horror Story off, did really, it. started off really good. Kind of it's kind of going off the rails. It's a little bit weird yeah. now, but but also it's not just that. So there's also like Dark Shadows back in the 60s, which is more of a soap opera. But mm-hmm. even then, a horror soap opera is kind of a a unique spin. Yeah. So it, well. basically, it's not very it's not as consistent as like drama shows or. Yeah. But it is kind of it is really cool and refreshing to have a horror that kind of blends genre like how this show has done. Yeah. And I'm, I was just showing you this. There's a, like another show on Netflix that is, it's a horror TV show, but it's, it's French called Marianne. And like watching it, I was thinking about haunting of Hill house and just thinking about how, Holy shit. We're in this air era now where, we're getting more of this content. We're getting more of this really scary content. That's not just like a 90 minute scare fest. It's like, it doesn't rely on jump scares. No. And it can be like an eight hour long experience. And I think that's just goddamn beautiful. So I'm grateful that I got to watch it. I'm grateful that we got to discover this one. Cause ugh, the book was so great. It, I highly recommend giving it giving it a read or at least like getting the audiobook. It's really easy to go through. It's only eight hours, seven I believe, hours, seven. Like yeah, it's seven hours um, to listen to it. And it's it's pretty it's a quick read. Yeah. Um, but I don't know, just gothic horror just kind of plays on. I don't know. I've just always been a fan. Um, Oh, fun fact. So Haunting of Hill House, it's going to be like an anthology series, Mm -hmm. essentially. So um, for those who do like gothic horror, um, they are doing their second season is called Haunting at Blythe Manor, which is based loose, going to be loosely based off of the turn of the screw, which is I read it in high school and I was terrified honestly like the ideas i'm excited i haven't read it yet so oh well we're we'll, we will cover it at some point uh, at some point okay because <laughs> there there's um like a bbc like tv movie with two of the actors from downton abbey and it's Ooh. it's interesting i didn't hate it but i would have to give it another rewatch okay but it's definitely something to look forward to in the future. Yeah. But I would say like, what was your favorite adaptation? Oh, uh, I think because I watched it first and it's kind of near and dear to my heart, I would have to say the show, the miniseries. Okay. Um, but to say like, what is the most accurate best adaptation? I'd probably say the, the 1963, 63 film. Um, just because it is so true to the story and it's done in such a beautiful way. Yeah. Um, and it's also pretty inventive with how they decided to shoot it. Um, so I'd say that's probably like the best adaptation, but the one that I personally like the best 
would be the show just because I kind of connected with that one first. I'm agreeing with you here. The show is, I think, God tier. I love the 63 version. Um, it scared me a lot when I was like 12. But it, it, it pales. It fails in comparison to the miniseries. And of course, with the 99 version, we don't talk about it. Of course, which which version? There's only two in my Literally eyes. After we, after, <laughs> as you left my house, after we watched it, we looked at each other. We're like, we never speak of this. I honestly don't remember most of it. It was yeah, me neither. Such a struggle. I just remember Owen Wilson's wows and that scene near the end when he gets decapitated. Oh, just spoiler! Thinking, I don't think they care. <laughs> no one cares. <laughs> but I was—I I really wanted him to literally say "wow" right before it's like "wow." <laughs> That would have been hilarious. Yeah. Yann DeBont, why didn't you do that? Anyway. Anyways. So we have a pretty big uh, pretty big thing coming up, Selena. Yup. 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 It's, we are, well, we're, we're planning a fun episode coming up where we'll be talking about It Chapter 2 because it's been about two years since we started. It'll and- be our... Well, this upcoming, our next episode will be our second anniversary of doing this show. Aww. (laughs) It'll be incredible. We're going to have some special guests on, and we'll get into those special guests when the time gets closer. (laughs) How dare you? (laughs) And yeah, it'll be a lot of fun. We're going to talk a bit about it and... um, some other Stephen King, but since yeah. it was our first episode, we decided to we, revisit because why not kind of finish off? Where finish we, off, yeah. Yeah. Maybe I can actually uh, finish the book fully this time. <laughs> I still got like it's 12 hours to go. Boy. It's a hefty boy. It's bigger than the Bible. Jesus. <laughs> there's more There's more content in there than the Bible. That's That tells you something about it. But... Anyway, the new religion. <laughs> it's a new religion, the, the cult of Pennywise. Oh god, that sounds so terrifying. Yeah. Actually, what? A, that was a terrible idea. Let's just no. We're putting that one to bed. No, nope. put it away. No, nope. <laughs> no. Nope. We didn't think that or say that out loud. <laughs> <coughs> Goodness. Oh, come on, gosh. Uh, but yeah, we're super excited about that. And all as always, you can reach out to us via our email or our Facebook or Instagram. All at time to adapt. Um, our email time to adapt Zima at gmail.com. Uh, reach out to me or Mac on social medias. Follow me at Mac Z great. Me, Selena Allen. Well, M. Yeah, it's a long time. We'll we're on Instagram. We're on, the, we're on the, we're on the, we're on, we're on the Instagram. We're on the Twitter. We're, uh, we're everywhere. We're, yeah. Kind of have to be yeah, nowadays. <laughs> you gotta. I'm trying to be more, uh, I'm trying to be more uh, responsive and more like I try to post on Twitter more often now. So I'm like following breaking us. news stuff. <laughs> I'm trying to stay out of politics though, because as soon as you try posting poli- political stuff, you're like, oh, don't you dare do that. I'm like, screw you. I do what I want. <laughs> I'm a loner, you. Selena. A rebel. A lone wolf. Yes. I'm a, I'm a one man wolf pack. Oh. <laughs> All I right. feel like that's a good place to stop. That's a great place to end. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for listening. It's always great to talk about this stuff. And until next time, this has been time to adapt. <laughs>